0: Ser isto é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um
1: culto.
2: Que é que crê, que é mental, que é o o caráter das pessoas.
1: Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É
0: uma paixão é uma
1: explicação.
0: Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Figa podcast. Episode number 322 is what we're serving up tonight. Uh, before we get going and let you know what's on tap, I will go ahead and, and introduce everyone, as you know. No no need for introduction. Cristiano Oliveira is here in studio with me. Cristiano, how are you doing?
3: man? After the panic attack I had on Sunday, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm glad to let everyone know that I'm doing well right now. Right. Uh, also, uh, Dave Oliveira is with us. Dave, what's happening?
2: Nothing much. Good to be back on. Like uh, Cristiano, also good to uh, have some uh, nerves calmed a little bit and uh, take it easy after uh, an eventful Sunday game here.
0: Right. And uh, also with us, and he's been with us for the past uh, few episodes now, Hugo Ferreira, who's fresh off a Game of Thrones uh, marathon, is ready to podcast tonight. What's going on, Hugo?
1: What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back. Had uh, I guess I'm finally recovered from that... Uh, Emotion on Sunday,
0: yeah. I, I will get into that, but I remember texting Yugo. You go, a
1: funny story is she walks into the living room, but had just scored, and I literally just said, Yo, you, you, right now, you just need to leave, you need to leave, get out of here, please. I was heated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, so on tonight's uh, agenda, as as always, we will uh, recap the the Braga game and, and what a game it was. As as uh, you got a chance to, to listen to Hugo, roller coaster of uh, emotions as Cristiano has mentioned, and we'll also look ahead to uh, uh, Benfica against Porto. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Portimonense uh, that comes up uh, this weekend, this Saturday. So we we will uh, let's get started with this Braga game. Uh, uh, a highly uh, anticipated game, one of the games that was earmarked by our opponents as one of the games that Befiga could have possibly uh, have lost points at the Pedreira. Uh, so uh, let's start with the lineup. Vlaco Dimos, Almeida, Dias, Ferro and uh Samaris and Florentino uh, in the middle. Pizzi and Rafa on the flanks. Felix and Seferovic up front. So nothing nothing new here uh with the exception that uh, now it looks like uh, Florentino has has cemented a spot in his starting uh lineup Christian.
3: Yeah, he's definitely been the guy that, that Bruno has is, is, is decided to pick to replace the injured Gabriel. Uh phenomenal young player. The guy is uh makes you relive those Feja days where we used to call Feja the destroyer on trator and he's, he's he's been doing a lot of that and uh being able to uh to Foil a lot of the attacks coming the other way, so um, very glad to see him play at this stage. And it's good to, to have yeah. a kid with you know with this big promise. And-
0: yeah, so let me let me set the stage real quick. Uh, this is a Braga team that has not won a match against one of the big three. Uh, having a, a chance to, to to finally uh beat uh, uh one of the big three teams in Benfica, coming to the Pedreira, uh, playing in their stadium, they felt that. Uh, this was a chance for them to redeem themselves for for especially from the was it 6-2 at the Stadio de luz uh earlier on in the season um and 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 again they they're also fighting and chasing sporting for that uh that final uh third place uh which gives you access to the champions league uh pre-qualifiers i believe right
3: no no they don't third place doesn't give think, you no, uh, pre-qualifiers not, no no Portugal hasn't scored enough uh, points oh, okay. to, to to come to get back there. So I think I think third place goes straight into an Europa League. Second place is the one that goes into the playoff, if I'm not mistaken. Because we're behind in the coefficient as we
0: as we speak. We're behind rush, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, a very important game, and 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 you could tell right away as soon as the game started. Good atmosphere. Uh, uh, limited uh, Benfica supporters there, but still an outpour of support. Uh, especially with both the the, the, the Vermilhão, which is the Benfica's bus, leaving uh, Lisbon and outpour poor support uh, by the fans being there. Also the arrival in, in Villanova de Gaia, which is where Benfica stayed uh, in the hotel uh, prior to the game, uh, now poor support there, then uh, arriving at the stadium, another outpour. So, but still, there was limited uh, seats that were allocated to Benfica, as we discussed uh, last week. Uh, but nonetheless, a very... Uh, important support and, and you could tell that the, the crowd was up for it. So Braga is definitely up for it with a point to, to prove start of the game, mm-hmm. pressing Benfica very high, high intensity, trying not, not to let Benfica uh, get comfortable. And Hugo, for those 15, 20 minutes, it, it was it was nerve wracking. Talk through what, uh, what went through your mind during those 15, 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. The... The first 15-20 minutes, I thought Benfica came out very flat. Um, Braga really took the game to us. Um, I think it had a lot to do with uh, obviously Benfica, as a big team, does not like to be pressed high. Um, and Braga started with a very high press. Uh, Sabino was leading years, as we say, um, and they really difficult, made life difficult for Benfica. Um, and and obviously, uh, icing on the cake was the was the goal at the half-hour mark of the game. Um, and and look, I really um aside from what I just mentioned that Braga did right, I think Benfica, um, I don't know if it was what you just touched on, Alfredo, all the outpouring of support, all that. I don't know if I'm sure that that adds more pressure to the players. Maybe it doesn't. But all I know is Benfica was not themselves um, in that first half. Um, I, I think I made a joke with, with Cristiano uh during the first half that uh i mean if if you players had diapers they they would have to be changed because they were shitting bricks just like just like us us during the game um but uh but again got to give credit to braga right uh they executed their game plan uh to perfection in that first half um however obviously uh to keep that up for 90 minutes is is uh, unless you're in your your top physical shape is practically impossible, and I think Benfica took advantage of
0: that in the second half. Yeah, Dave, how did you see the, the first half? I know that you put uh, together some some stats for the first half, but what, what were your feelings like in this first half? Definitely not the half that we're used to seeing uh, Benfica have.
2: No, and it wasn't the uh, way we all came here and uh, spoke about last podcast, hoping that uh, Benfica came out and uh, controlled and dominated the game like we all uh, expected um a lot i felt like the back line was all shaky they uh couldn't get the ball up to the midfielders and they kept on just going side to side rather than push up and uh, get the ball into the midfield there was no uh linkage between the defenders and the midfielders and even up top with uh joan felix and uh uh but uh yeah overall real shaky first half and was not the uh first half that we all expected from uh a strong benfica that was coming into this match and uh at the end of it braga or benfica controlled possession with uh 63 percent of it going into halftime but it was braga that was creating more chances with uh 10 shots compared to uh benfica's uh four at the end of the uh, first 45.
3: for the first time under this Lage era guys and, and tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong here benfica showed their age showed uh the inexperience in that very in, in that first half It seemed to me that they had a very, very difficult time uh, being able to deal with the, with Braga's press, even though, as Dave just mentioned, they had 67% po- uh, percent possession, but most of that possession was in their own half. They were having a very difficult time coming out of their own half. And for the first time since uh, Gabriel's injury, this is a game that Benfica, you could tell that Benfica was missing a key player like himself to be able to transport the ball and break those lines and being able to deal with the pressure that Braga was putting on. And again, Benfica showed their, their inexperience. They showed their age, as you mentioned, mentioned, before, uh, Florentino and and all these youngsters that have been inserted into the lineup, this is the first time that they're going um, down the stretch of a Campeonato with so much on the line. The pressure was tremendous on Benfica, especially after Porto uh, had dropped two points on Friday. Now Benfica had all the pressure in the world and all the expectations that they needed to win uh, this game in order to take advantage uh, of Porto's slip-up. But fortunately enough, Brunelage was able to get these guys uh, calm and under control at the half. Um and and you know they they came out in the second half a totally different team but in that first half uh very inexperienced and they had no way of dealing with uh with, with the fantastic Braga press to be yeah, yeah no I agree I agree with you go ahead Brent.
1: no Chris I just wanted to add to that if uh, if I could piggyback off of that I couldn't agree more with what you just said about the inexperience and I think a player like Flutin Dean when he watches this tape and when Laj and his staff dissects the tape of the game. I think it'll be a nice learning moment for the youngster because um, on that first goal, Florentino has to do a tactical foul there and take a yellow card mm-hmm. and just kill that counterattack. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that Lage and his staff will easily single out to the to the kid, and it'll be a nice learning experience for him going forward because obviously a equipa fue empañada en contrape, and he's got to find a way to, to really just bring that guy down there and take a yellow card for the team.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and look, uh, nobody... Everyone is always going to have a a difficult time playing against a high press and a very intense high press, right? And unless your team is super drilled and knows the routines and knows where the escape valves are on these high presses, where the next ball is going to come from to break that high press, you're going to have a hard time. And when we look at this team and, and we look at how much time Elijah's had with this team, he certainly hasn't had enough time with this team or even with the starting lineup to have him drilled to the point uh, that they're able to pick out that ball to get out of the high press. Yes and no, but you can still make
3: in-game changes. And I thought that and I mentioned on Twitter, for those of you that follow me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I thought that he could have possibly had dropped Juan Felix into the midfield a lot earlier in order to give Benfica another outlet. I thought Peasy was non-existent. And I mentioned on Twitter, someone has his phone number. And I want to thank the the, the person that, that 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 took my advice and called him at the halftime and told him that we, the game had started because in that first half, he was missing. Um, and it just seems that in every big game he go, he does go missing, but he was nowhere to be found. And I thought... They got a real difficult time of getting the ball out of their own half, and that's because they had two players in the midfield that, that were the only guys are really coming back to get the ball, which was the Samadi's and the Florentino. Neither one of those guys' strengths is to carry the ball and go forward. With the ball, they're more of of, of you know uh, of game uh, breaking a play, breaking a play of, of destroyers guys that they're there for their defensive reasons and not their offensive reasons. I thought PZ should have done a better job, and I thought that Bruno Lage again, as I mentioned, there are he does need time with these guys off the field, but at the same time, as I mentioned before, we cre- we criticize. Ru Plenty for not making in-game changes, in-game tactical decisions. And I thought Lage could have done that a little bit earlier. And I know it's a lot easier now. Like, you know, whatever, just ignore it. They won the game, and they had an impressive second half. And obviously, Benfica Benfica's a totally different team based on whatever the hell, you know, he told the players or whatever changes he made at the half. But I thought that he could have dealt with that pressure a lot earlier in the first half, which they didn't. And then Benfica, unfortunately enough, they went down 1-0. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to come here and call uh, Ruben Diaz a bruto, But like at that time, bro, like if he doesn't step in, he's going to shoot. It, it's a no-win situation, in my opinion. Yeah. It's a no-win situation right there. And, he, you know, obviously, that was a foul clear foul to the penalty box. And they got, you know, they put it away. They got the penalty, put it away. But I thought that there was ways that Vifiga could have dealt with that press in the first half, and I, I was disappointed they did
0: Yeah, here's the thing, uh, Ugo, that I wanted to ask, and I want to piggyback on, on what Cristiano was saying. Do you think that uh, that Lodge maybe had the wrong idea about how Braga were were going to come out for this game?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I think, again, I think Lodge expected Braga to be a bit more more patient and conservative. Um, I think Braga's approach to that first half definitely caught Benfica off guard a bit um and even a player a player who's been our staple since Laj took over Samadi looked lost in that first half I don't know if you guys agree with me or not but Samadi's that was probably his weakest uh in the first half I should say uh performance un, un, under under Lage um so I think uh a tactic uh definitely caught the team uh a bit off guard and it impacted um the first half for Benfica. Um, And again, basically uh, what Braga did was, was uh, uh, make Benfica uncomfortable by, by having a high press. Um, But as I alluded to earlier, these, unless you're in your prime physical condition, it doesn't last for 90 minutes. And, and then that's when uh, I'm sure that that was part of Lodge's speech at halftime. Like, Hey boys, look, these guys aren't going to be able to keep up this high press all game long. Um, So let's just take the game over because number one, we have to, uh, and then number two, because we have we have more quality. Let's face it. So uh, definitely night and day, uh, the first and the second half.
3: Braga came out like a wounded dog. I mean, obviously you know, as you mentioned, the hum- the humiliation humiliation they went through at the start of the lose with the 6-2 defeat, and at the time they were riding a very high wave. You know, a lot of people were were, were claiming that you know or you know touting them as 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 a as a as a, as a title contender at the time, and Benfica really uh put a dash in those hopes and then so they come home and like this is our opportunity to show everybody that that game was a fluke and they came out like a wounded dog their pride was hurt they wanted to prove to everybody that that game was a fluke and look credit to them first half uh they, they, you know, they, they made every second count. Um, and you saw that these guys are the professional athletes. Obviously, there's a lot of noise outside the pitch of Braga breathing Pernas and Braga's Benfica, and all this noise. And I think that affects a player, man. When you're, when you're a professional player, and you know, you know that you're doing your very best to go out there and play the best of your capabilities. And then you hear these unfortunate accusations just because things don't go your way. I think these guys have a lot of pride and they tried to show that to everybody else and credit to them. And I think it did catch Benfica off guard. I thought Benfica thought they were going to be a little bit more uh, reserved, B, considering the fact that Benfica scored six goals on them. But to their credit, they came out totally different. And uh, to Benfica's credit, they were able to adjust and make all the, yeah. the right decisions at the halftime. And then second half Benfica within the first five minutes, you could tell was a totally different team that first half. Uh, to me, it, it reminded me a lot of, of the match against the Frankfurt. It looked like Benfica was just a continuation of that game of not much intensity, uh, obviously for different reasons. But it just seemed like, um, you know, the totally different team in the second half. Benfica really meant business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look at, you know, Christian often says this when you have time and space, you could be the best player in the world. But when that those two things are are limited now that's when you distinguish the men from the boys so as cristiano mentioned Bafik came out of the locker room totally different team a team with a sense of urgency and it didn't take long uh, until we were on a scoreboard albeit uh, from a penalty kick which uh, there's ton of controversy out there as far as what this penalty look when i look at it and i'm not looking at what uh, red glasses and from where the referee was standing and after uh, even reviewing the VAR because every PK gets uh, reviewed. There's a clear touch. And the other thing is that this guy, he didn't even protest or he didn't even argue with the referee with the nature of the call because he knew that he had touched Juan Felix. Yeah. You know, you could probably see something like that, not being called in the Portuguese league, as we've seen so many times, especially against uh Porto or against sporting or whatever. Uh, but nonetheless, the penalty is a penalty and, and, despite whether or not a broke the barrier the Braga barrier and got Benfica on the scoreboard. I thought that the way Benfica started was only going to be a, a matter of time. So, uh 1-1 one, one in the 59th, uh then another uh PK which is clear a handball uh and Pizzi converted in the 66th, turn around in the scoreboard and then in the 69th minutes a uh, 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 a great goal by Ruben Diaz that just I think that at that point deflated Braga's uh chances or, or thoughts. Yeah, but even- before Benfica
3: started scoring all these goals again on the scoreboard, I think Benfica had applied enough pressure in the second half. Uh Juan Felix had a, a, a fantastic shot saved by the goalkeeper. He just tipped it up to, to mm-hmm. enough to, to make it go off the post. You could tell Benfica meant business. Benfica was going to apply pressure. Benfica was going to score. It was a matter of how many. It was just, it was just, you know, it was when were we going to score and then how many we were going to score. And Benfica did exactly that. There was some contact on the João Felix goal, and I just want to throw this out there, ladies and gentlemen, anyone that's listening, and anyone that questions. You know, or, or tries to, because I've had a lot of people trying to bash Juan Felix because they he embellished the, the you know, you made a meal out of that touch. Look, there was minimum contact there. I'm the first one to admit it was a very soft PK. But any one of you that wants to come here and criticize Juan Felix, you know, for diving or whatever you want to call it, making a meal out of it, right? The only thing I got to say to you is, you is you clearly, you clearly have never played soccer day in your life, because everybody and their mother is going to try to get a penalty in that situation. Everybody and their mother are going to make a meal out of this situation. They're down 1-0 in a game that that's a very, I mean, they could go, it's a huge step towards securing another title. And hey, I don't care. I mean, right back, I mean, how many times have we seen players flopping all over the field, and you're not going to flop in a box when there is contact? Look, you want to call it soft. I'm the first one to tell you it was a soft PK. But to act like there was no contact there, I think you're just being a, an a-hole. And to, criti- and to criticize John Felix for making a meal out of it, Clearly shows to me that you've never played the game a day in your life.
0: Yeah, you go. Thoughts on uh, on the PK because uh, I remember I wasn't watching the game live. And I remember trading a couple of texts, and you said clear as day.
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely thought again. For me, it goes down to how is it possible if when you watch that play live um, that any referee in the world wouldn't immediately point to the spot when you see that play live, right? And then when you break it down with the VAR again, as you guys just touched on a few seconds ago, there's a contact, there's clear contact, um, and I do agree. When you slow it down, you see that that João makes uh, m- makes the most of it. But again, to me, it's a clear penalty. And uh, and again, like you said, Jigayu doesn't even protest. He knew exactly uh, what he had gone into, and and he probably was like shit. Um, you know, this guy just caught me with that. Um, but yeah, to me, to me, that was a clear penalty, easy call. And the only reason, obviously, as we know. Why it's getting so much uh, talk in, uh, in Portuguese media is because it's Benfica, uh, and all the unties are coming out. Um, and I can't believe that uh, there was a request by Porto to meet with the with, with the referee commission. I mean, I mean, I just have no words for those guys.
0: Yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, all the other times and throughout the season or maybe in the beginning of the season where they should have been having these meetings is when they should have had them, not now, where they see themselves. And no one's fault but theirs, right? They were up to nothing against Riwav, uh, and and they gave they gave up the game in uh, in 10 or 15 minutes. So uh, no fault of ours, but again, it's Benfica's fault. Is the VAR's fault. It's everybody's fault but their own. Uh, so they put themselves in the position that they're in. So uh, they didn't win the game. It Certainly wasn't wasn't what Benfica's uh, help for sure. Um, but uh, yeah. So so Rafa put the the, the game away with four uh, one. And what a beauty! Yeah, and 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 look, uh, it's it's one of those goals that you expect Rafa to score every week because he just has so much pace an explosiveness on his dribble. I don't that know about expect.
3: I don't know about expect Alfredo, but that you anticipate a score because he's always getting into those chances, and then somehow he yeah. just finds a way to put them wide.
0: Well, but <laughs> but for a guy with his quickness, yeah. and explosiveness, and the way to uh, to dribble, guys, th- this is something that should naturally come to uh, Rafa. Absolutely, he's my been feel.
3: way more consistent this year, and I agree with you, man. If this guy has finds a way to be even more consistent in what he's been this year, and he has finds a way to. To, to finalize some of these opportunities. This guy is going to be a very lethal uh, option for me going forward and who knows the Portuguese national team and so forth and so on.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So for uh, one great win, Dave's got some stats, both on Pizzi, uh and Rafa that he's going to, that he's going to give us.
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, Pizzi, uh me and Cristiano were sh- uh, shooting texts back and forth uh, at the beginning of the first half, calling him a Monku master, but uh he actually ends up putting uh, two goals against uh, Braga and assists. So he's got 12 goals and 18 assists uh, this season, which is his personal uh, best. And he's been involved in 30 of Benfica's 91 uh, goals scored in uh, Liga NOS this year. So 33% of uh, the goals have uh, come either by goals or assists by uh, Rafa. So contributing uh, on the goal scoring and assisting front. And uh, Rafa has also broken his own personal a uh, record of 17 goals uh, scored across all competitions, and that Rafa play doesn't happen if uh Soferovic, uh buries that uh 101 chance that he has with the keeper. But uh, we all know by now he's uh wasteful with his opportunities, even though he's the uh league top goal scorer. Yeah, it's Thank funny, you
3: guys. If you real quick, uh, you it's it funny if you guys were watching the game, um, uh, you did watch the game, you see the camera pants to 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 Vieta as he's going through <laughs> the agony of uh you know sferovic missing the, the opportunity like he's disgusting i was like oh shit like and then i mean that was that was beautifully done by by, by rafa i mean he went around it looked like a slalom i know it's, it's the, the easy thing to go to but it was it was slalom for me my man he did a fantastic job of getting around those guys and tucking it away with his lawful go ahead you
1: no, I was just going to touch on, uh, on what Dave had said about BZ. I was just going to say that, uh, and I think Chris, Chris, you alluded to earlier, obviously he didn't have uh, a great first half, let's face it. But let's give the guy credit. He steps up to the penalty spot in, in, in the most crucial moment of the season. Uh, and he tucks two back-to-back PKs away with uh, very calm, cool, and collected and with a, a lot of class. So obviously just wanted to give him a shout-out because I know us – uh, myself and cristiano we agree uh, a lot about PZ. um and we think he should be stepping up more than he does but uh listen uh benfica nation needed him uh at that moment and uh you know he came through and stepped up for us um and he should because he, he's a very talented footballer and uh yep. we need him we need him down the stretch and we need him in the future
0: Being, i don't,
2: uh, I, I don't know where pt put those penalties because i can tell you as soon as i saw that he was uh Coming up to take the PK, I uh walked out of the room immediately and uh waited a bit uh, about two minutes to come back to see if he scored or not, because that guy gives me nerves whenever I see he's uh, up to take a PK. P- yeah. no
3: yeah. uh, 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 uh,
0: Pizzi who is being advertised by the by Relevant Sports, which is the organizer of the ICC, as one of the most influential influential midfielders in Europe. And uh, I know Hugo, you've had a couple of the numbers all lost. <laughs> Exch- sell them. exchanges on twitter with people that uh, clearly misunderstood uh, that statement by relevant sports but that's neither here nor there the numbers do confirm and regardless of whether he plays uh for benfica and in the liga nosh and plays against uh 80 percent of Munco teams uh you know the guy's influence has, has been tremendous this this season and and what a what a difference uh, this season makes to last season and the past couple seasons where we have seen a Pizzi at this stage of the season uh, kind of uh, worn out, out of gas, uh, a guy that's struggling. But I think I think I think a lot of a lot of
3: people's um, annoyance with a PZ, right, is and, and I think I think Rafa. You could throw them in, in into this into this point that I'm about to make. I think they're, they're both uh, very similar, which is we criticize these two players so much because we see what Benfica is and what Benfica can be when these guys are playing to the ability that they're able to play to. And so when you see these guys missing in games, it gets frustrating. And that's why a lot of people let out their frustrations on a PZ like I did in the first half. It seemed like you know he was nowhere to be found. And so we know how good. They could be. We know how good Benfica can be when these two players in particular are hitting on all cylinders. Benfica is a totally different team, guys, and so we demand that these guys play with that regularity and they're more with that consistency that we're you know we've grown to accustomed to seeing. They're able to toy with the monk's. Let's have some of that consistency in these big important games. And to, to their credit. They stepped up this year, and then in particular, Rafa this year has been magnificent. I mean, if you'd have told me last year at this time that Rafa would be this influential or that he'd be as good as he's been this year, I would tell you you're crazy. And to his, you know, to, to to his credit, he's been nothing but brilliant this season, and and PZ as well. I mean, PZ, like Hugo said, it takes takes balls of stone, um, to 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 come up to that position to that with all that pressure. And being able to bury the two very important penalties that give Benfica, uh, you know, one obviously ties it up, and the other gives them the breathing room. Uh, and then Benfica was also, you know, clean sailing from from there forward.
0: Yeah, well, one, well, it, Cristiano talks about consistency. One guy that hasn't been consistent uh, down the stretch, Dave, has been Seferovit. Uh Quite wasteful. And while he got our season started with a a little bit of a streak and it's been, he's been quite consistent and a guy that we can count on for games. He has hit this final stretch of, of the season very wasted but he's been consistent lately consistently missing so he's <laughs> consistent he's consistent when he's scoring he's consistent when he's missing dave there you go yeah
2: exactly as chris calls it you know he's the leading goal scorer with 19 goals uh with from 54 shots but he's also the uh uh leader on our team with uh, 16 goal opportunities uh missed so uh He's he's banging them at a rate of thirty five percent, but uh, he's also missing them. Uh, cool. He almost has as many as many misses as he does uh, goals. But I, for a guy that uh, was thrown away at the summer preseason, I'll take his nineteen goals, and uh, I'm a little bit biased because I have his jersey. But uh, yeah, he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been uh, producing on the final sector there. This Oscar is the Williams. moment.
3: This is the moment that Hugo steps in and tells you, "Look, I like Sferovik." uh, he's helping. But <laughs> you. Love, I, I just stole this thunder, but go ahead. No,
1: uh, I, I was just going to say that Seferovic is as advertised, right? Um, you know, he's got the 19 goals this season and I'm glad he does. Right. Because I don't think we are where we are without, uh, his 19 goals. So let's give him credit. But, uh, if you look at Seferovic's career and his stats, um, at Eintracht, his stats in Switzerland as well. I forget what club he initiated his pro career with. Um, he's he's just not a natural finisher. Uh, he's a workhorse. He's a guy that's going to work uh, for the culetivo. Um But at the end of the day, he is just not... Uh, he doesn't have that killer instinct to put... Uh, go- goals in the back of the net. Obviously, this this one season is the one uh, where he's been the most productive. But I think I think that's Seferovic, and uh, uh, we just have to to expect that uh, and know exactly what we have. Um, and again, like I said, I do give him tons of credit this season uh, for for having a fantastic season to this point.
3: And look, every player has their pros and cons. And and, and, and Vika is a player that, at least his role for Benfica is not just about scoring goals. The fact that he's, he's tenacious, the guy does not stop uh, challenging defenders. And, you know, he's also there to wear out defenders, which he does a tremendous job. And so I think, look, he's had a brilliant season. I think any, any Benfica I don't care how long you've been in Benfica for or not. Any Benfica fan would have signed up for 19 goals from Seferovic at the beginning, and, and very very happy. And with.
1: let's let's give him credit with, uh, for Joao Felix's season as well. I don't think uh, you know. I think a lot of Joao's success has to do with having uh, a, a partner like a Seferovic because obviously he opens up space for for a player like uh, like Joan Felix. So I also give him credit uh, on that front as well.
0: I think it's been a, a, a very well uh, matched up duo, uh, and and both of those have, have helped each other, and they're. And their success that they've had this season, uh, and Seferovic especially, because I think that once uh, Jean Félix started getting uh more notice, uh Jean uh, uh Seferovic started getting more chances and, and more looks. But th- th- these are two guys that work extremely hard to get themselves in a position in prol de Kuletiv, as as Hugo mentioned. Uh and I think that uh, you know if, if you have to look and and regardless of, of Jonas and, and what Jonas has done this season, uh, this has been, and the numbers don't lie, the most effective duo uh, of uh, of our forward line. Uh, and look, I hope that uh, they continue that uh, through the the rest of the remaining uh, the remain their three games, which would be a good sign. But uh, Dave, uh, another stat that you had brought up here: Benfica with 128 total goals.
2: Yep, across all competitions, which is currently their tenth best uh of all time uh, club record with uh, and they still have three games to go so the record is uh, 169 goals i don't think we're gonna get to that pace with only three games to go but uh they can still definitely uh climb up and maybe even crock uh the top uh top five with uh three games to go and they've got uh 91 goals scored in the uh campeonato and the record for them is 99 goals which uh was done in 1946-47 so that record is uh, is well in within reach with uh, three games to go.
3: All yeah. thanks to Rui Vittorio's offensive mastermind. <laughs> All thanks to the guy.
0: Thanks to that light. Yeah, I I thought that uh, I had read somewhere there were two goals away from from another record that you didn't mention here, but I could be 90. wrong. Ninety. Yeah, they're
3: they're about to get to ninety in the cupi
0: not if I'm not mistaken, right?
3: You're at ninety one.
0: They're ninety one. Oh, so but then they,
3: they they need a couple older, more. So they got to- to,
1: I, be, I believe it's to get to the 100 mark, guys. I believe I read that article. Yeah, but well. that's
3: not one more. <laughs> yeah, No, I, no, they have, they
1: have to score nine more goals.
3: To
0: get to 100. To get to 100. That's, yeah, that's I thought were only saying. there were only two uh, goals away from some sort of record, and I don't know if it's the 1961-60 season. I, I would have to uh, uh, look that up. But, but the first time, if think I scored four goals at Braga since ni- 1989 and 90. And pre laj what was our record?
2: 10 wins, 2 draws, 3 losses, uh, 30 goals scored, 16 goals against. And now, uh, with Laj, 15 wins, 1 draw, 61 goals, and 11 goals against. So, the next game against uh, Portimon, or, or sorry, Portimon, Portimon, this was yeah. the last game, Yeah, was the last game that uh, Rui Vittoria coached uh, for this side, so... It's been half a season now, almost with uh, Laj under control.
0: Yeah, and I I remember seeing pictures of uh, the press conference after that game where uh, Rui Costa's absolute and Tiago Pinto are absolutely dejected uh, by the result. Uh, And I I don't think I've ever seen Rui Costa so sad uh, in a press conference. And he was Uh, uh, leaning against the wall and he just had this look on his face. He was uh, dejected.
1: Abençoada (inaudible) derrota. <laughs>
0: hey, don't don't say that because there's people that have accused us of wanting Benfica to lose, uh, for, uh, for 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 Rivitari to be uh, replaced. But but yes, that was the straw that, that was broke. The
3: was, was the, that was the one that, that that
0: that Jardel headers
3: tries to clear
0: it, in he headers yeah. on goal. Look like he didn't know. And then, oh, then was a mess. Then,
3: I think it was like two on goals, right? Yeah. Something like that. It was like I, I don't I I know one was definitely Jardel. And I forget who the second one was, but yeah, that game, I mean, taking us back to that moment in time, to where we're at now, I mean, you went from total desperation, total dejection, to now, I mean, you're three games away from winning the Campeonato. Who who would have ever thought that Benfica could have had such a magnificent second half and, you know, had the opportunity to change things around and... I mean, it's look, like, you said, de Rota. if it wasn't for that, we might still be, you know, eight points behind the leaders right now and really sucking this all in.
0: Yeah.
2: Quick I, quick question. Do you, I think we're getting uh, a little ahead of ourselves here, but do we think Benfica has won this league or did Porto lose this league? No. With the seven point uh, gap between us I at think that time.
0: That, uh, when you look at what Benfica has done and, and yes, there was a seven point deficit, but you go and beat Porto at the Dragão. You go and beat Sporting at, uh, at the Alvalade. That's all merit on Benfica. You cannot say that Porto lost, Praga, this yeah, lost this game. Yeah, lost this championship. If they lose this championship, you can't say that, uh, that Porto gave up this championship to Benfica. This is, there's tons of merit here and in a very short uh, period by, uh, by Benfica. And, and of course, Lages is a oh. big, uh, big influence.
1: What I would say to that, Dave, um, to answer your question, it's no. Um, and I get painful memories of that season where we won in Madeira against Maritim. I think there was three games left, and then we drew uh, against Sturila at home. And then obviously Maybe. obviously, uh, uh, all capped uh, with the, with that, that 90-second minute. So to answer your question, no, and I, I think that it's important that everyone feels like the answer is no, uh, so you don't want to pass that uh, that euphoria onto the players because uh, I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not. I thought I don't know if it was the Friday result that Porto had in Vila Vicund, Um but the players looked uh, looked very very uneasy uh, in that first half. They looked very nervous, so I, I think that we we have to approach this as nothing ha- nothing is won because nothing has been clinched yet, um, and I think that's how we all have to approach it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there's three games left, and the first game of those three is against Portiminense this Saturday, uh, 6 p.m. local at Stadio Illusion. Dave, what's, what's Portiminense up to?
2: Yeah, so uh, they're currently in 12th position with uh, 36 points, uh, tied on points with uh, Desportivo Desavs uh, and Maritimo, who also have the exact same amount of points, but are in 10th and 11th position um they've got 10 wins six draws 15 losses 40 goals scored and 50 goals scored against and they've got the sixth best uh goal scoring production in the league this year and uh jackson martinez and paul lingo lead the attack for them
0: yeah they lost a little bit of uh steam once nakajima uh got sold uh and they would if you recall they beat sporting 4-2 if i'm not mistaken uh easily uh again uh there's 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 very strong ties to uh to porto uh porto coach uh, antonio folia was a, a porto player uh and also a, a coach in their system uh and uh you know porto has what paulinho everton wilson manafa from Portimão, so there's clear a connection here, and if there was a, a game where the Mala might come into play, this is going to be the one. I'm I'm expecting a a very very hard uh, game for Benfica, especially at Estádio Luz, because this they might just bring three four buses to park.
3: 4 zero, 4 zero.
0: You're confident.
3: Oh, 100%. percent. Look, first of all. And it's a scary thing because a lot of times when I'm uncomfortable, at halftime, it's 0-0. Zero, zero, and I'm like, eh, bah. But no, I think they're a totally different team from the team that Benfica faced in the first half in that last game. Oh, second to last game or uh, whatever it is. Third last game in the first half. Uh, that 2-0 uh, defeat in Portimo. Um I, I, I think Nakajima it was the little engine that made that team go. And without him, they're totally different. And so I think Benfica playing at home with so much riding on the line. These Portimonense players, yeah, still have malas. I understand they'll have everything, uh, you know, spas and café con leite and fruta fresca delivered to these uh, players the night before uh, uh, the match going into Benfica. But I think I think Benfica is going to steamroll these guys in there. They're going to make this game look easy at the start of the loose come Saturday. You go. And it's a game, real quick, and it's a game that Benfica, for the first time in a while, will play first than football with the Porto plays. Just want to throw
0: that out there. You go. What, what are your thoughts on this game?
1: You know, I'm cautious. I have a bit of a cautious approach. Um, again, team, this is, uh, is one of the better teams of our league, uh, they are Port B, as we just touched on. They have a, a lot of connections to that club, so they'll be highly motivated, uh, especially with Folha behind the bench, to come in and, and, and try to upset Benfica. Um, I think the crowd is important as well because I think the crowd is going to sense that and uh, and they're going to create a bit of an animosity maybe to a Portiminis that they're not used to in any other ground that they that they have to play in. Um, so I think the crowd is going to play a key role. Um but, again, to to Chris's point, I think everything comes down to what we've touched on previous podcasts. If we can bang an early goal into the game, it'll settle everybody down. It'll calm the nerves. Uh, and then we can just play our, 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 our free-flowing football uh, a lot more confidently. Um, but if it's a, a, another nail-biter where we're, we're drawn at half or even worse, you know, we were down at half this past weekend, um, it could create some tension in the crowd. I do think the cushion that we were gifted um, – by our rivals this past weekend uh, gives us a little bit more of a breathing room uh, going down the stretch. And look, with with three games left, two being at home, uh, there's no no excuses, guys. We have to wrap up this uh, this this league title, and it starts with the game uh, against Portimão. And uh, you guys touched on them earlier. The key figure for Portimão uh, and the guy that makes their football flow is Paulinho. So uh, again, I think uh, I think Samariz and, and Florentine will, will take care of that job. And uh, once you take care of that job, I think it's a, a pretty much eighty percent of Portimão's
0: game. Yeah, Dave, feeling confident. Uh for this proumness game,
2: yeah, only because it is in uh Lisbon. if it was a uh, if we had to travel down to the Algarve, I would be uh concerned about um maybe like we call the molish game, but uh yeah, I think uh I think Benfica has the obligation like we've mentioned on uh, many previous podcasts to come out at home, control the pace of the game, and uh lay it on to uh them in this and if we get that uh quick goal then they'll just keep piling on and uh if we don't get that quick goal uh public service announcement here to the fans please do not get on the players we the players need the support so keep supporting the players even if it does get uh testy there but uh, i'm not expecting that on yeah. this game
0: Absolutely. After this 14 minutes, we have uh, a very, very difficult trip to Vila do Conde to play uh, Rihuave. And as uh, as we've been warned now by this uh, game uh, that Porto played in Vila do Conde against Rihuave is not going to really be, be uh, easy. Any trip up north is never easy for Benfica again. Uh, we heard about uh, fireworks at uh, Benfica Hotel in Villanova-Gaia. And, and here's the thing, right? Villanova-Gaia is ba- basically a, a suburb of uh, Porto or on the outskirts of Porto. If you're playing in Braga, why would you go stay in Villanova-Gaia? Why wouldn't you stay closer to Braga or even a little bit lower than than Braga? Uh, why would you want to put yourself in the outskirts of Porto? I'm just saying. I'm saying that because when you travel to Vila do Conto, very likely you will have some more disturbances and distractions uh, by the team up north that will try to uh, get you off your your focus. So just just keep that in mind. But I never understood why you're going to Villanova, Guy, when you're playing in in Braga. Uh, or maybe, you know, it, there are, are there no hotels in Braga that you could stay at? Uh, you know, so that's uh, difficult. So after that trip to Villa do Condu, which is the second-to-last game, we have the last game against... Uh, uh, against the, the Santa Clara. The Sorian team Santa Clara at Stadio de Luz, which will will hopefully uh be the, the, the celebration or the confirmation of our of our title and we've all seen when the title title goes down to the last game and the last game is at Stade de Luz, Uh reference here uh, a few years back against Guimarães, what Befica is able to do in that last game with the crowd support behind them. So um, very important stretch, nothing is won, yes the cushion is important and uh, it gives us a little bit more breathing room but uh, again uh, that cushion is only in, in terms if we were to give up a point, then we're back on level terms with Porto if they win the, their games, of course. But nonetheless, it's very important to remain focused. It's very important uh, for the team to keep their eye on a prize and, and just uh, just play it out. Just play out the rest of the games and play like you you know how and you've demonstrated under the and I think would we'll be in uh, in good shape. I think that's all we got. Cristiano, do you want to add anything else so we could just say arrivederci?
3: Arrivederci. I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Ready to go, bro. Just uh, want to wish everyone a good week in anticipation of this big matchup come Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, and
1: Chris. Are you not gonna give me props on air for saying that Porto would drop points in Villa do Conde to you that that morning?
3: I uh, absolutely would, Hugo. But the problem is, for the last four months, you've been saying Porto's going to drop points, <laughs> like the boy, the boy who cried wolf. That's it, and he's been crying wolf. I was very Wait, confident yeah. that morning. It's wishful thinking. He was confident last week against Santa Clara. Very confident. He called me all day. Harassed me actually. He's very confident, and then. They, they didn't draw points, so I mean, sooner or later he's gonna get it right. And uh, credit to him, he, he
0: finally got it right. I, I mean, can, So he's two for 18. I can confidently say, and and I, I haven't. There's only one other person that knows this. Not even my wife knows this. That's fine. Um, but uh, you know, I I have been known to, uh, to to gamble a little bit of coin, nothing major. Uh, and I had everything everything that I that I had in my bank. On DraftKings, which was eighty nine dollars, I put everything on Porto to win against Riwaf.
1: Oof, been, I'm glad. I'm glad you lost those eighty nine dollars. Sorry, <laughs>
3: <pal>. <laughs> now we know your your bank account
0: is
3: uh is so yeah. No so, so if you guys are listening, you want to throw this guy thirty five dollars for being <laughs> below the threshold. Go ahead, uh, DM us and we'll give you his uh, bank yeah. information. so
0: all in all in on Porto. And it was either, you know, I'm I'm gonna be happy that they won, and I'm gonna get twenty bucks back because the odds definitely were were in favor of Porto, or I'm just gonna be happy that they dropped points. So either, either one or or. And and look, money is definitely not more important than if he can win in this title.
1: Amen,
2: brother.
0: That's what so, we got. So you're so you're
2: saying you're gonna drop some more money again this weekend on Porto, right?
0: No, now we got the lead. We don't need that.
2: Just make sure you just just make
1: sure that uh when when it's Dragach versus Dragarch on the final weekend of the season, that uh you, you throw all your money on Porto because there's no chance Sporting's taking points away from that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got it. I doubt it. We'll see. So, uh, that's all we got for, for this week. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at 10CO10 is where you can find uh Cristiano. He usually has very engaging conversations on Twitter. Uh, at 87DO87 is where you can find Dave de Oliveira. hugo is still having memorized it, so you're gonna have to uh, throw out your, your Twitter handle
1: Hofer underscore 10.
0: H U F E R underscore 10.
1: Correct.
0: The uh, at Benfica podcast is where you can find Cristiano. Cristiano. Cristiano still has that amazed look on his face. Why haven't you changed? it? No. because
1: Cristiano swears he's the only number ten in the world. But I play the same position he does,
0: and he hates no, it. He just he, Cristiano just wants the Twitter name to be that easy.
3: That's it, and he doesn't. He plays the same position. That's why he's always on the bench, though. He's playing out because I'm right. hurt. I'm hurt. But we're not but, gonna.
0: <laughs> We're not gonna go down that road. Yeah, Bifika Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter, EpifikaPodcast Don't forget to visit our site. Uh, that's where we post our our podcast, and it's uh, it's a nice site to to look at. Uh, we're on uh, iTunes, uh, I believe we're on Spotify, and all the the usual channels that you can find our past co- podcast on. If it's the first time you're listening to our podcast, don't forget to uh, to get all your friends to listen, especially the ones that don't listen. Uh, we would like to think that we're we're entertaining. At least Cristiano is a little bit entertaining. Next week we'll be back. We'll be uh, we'll recap this Portimão game and we'll look ahead to the game in Vila Conde against uh, Riwav. That's all we got for you this week. Thank you very much for checking us out and for for listening and for subscribing and for rating us. Uh, my name is Alfredo Cristiano Hugo and Dave have been here with me and see everybody later. Bye.